1: The reasonable voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Hello, and welcome to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, and our Reasonable Voice today is Broadway, television, and film actor and my dear friend, Avery Summers probably most of you will agree the last thing our family friends and professions and income need is a declining number of americans getting vaccinated especially as the number of cases from the extremely contagious delta variant is steadily increasing in all fifty states and now with breakthrough cases among some of the vaccinated we've got to wonder if mandatory masks wearing will return but still we're happy to see businesses opening family and friends gathering and of course children are being born every day so i asked avery summers of broadway film and television to return to us to share some professional updates and personal memories you may recall from past shows avery's credits include but are not limited to the best little whorehouse in texas matron mama morton in chicago a platinum original broadway production in nineteen seventy eight and ain't misbehavin and of course working on television with the late bert reynolds if you are a regular listener you probably won't be surprised that even during a global pandemic avery Summers is still very much in demand especially in our two favorite places to work new york city and south florida so welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program, Avery. And how are you today?
0: Thank you for the welcome. I am doing very well. Very, very well.
1: How are you doing? I'm just meeting myself coming in. What what's that old saying? I'm sure you are too. That old thing, meeting yourself going out and coming in. Anyway, <laughs> yes. but I know I know I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> Well, listen, so let's let's jump right in, because uh, the last time you were on the show, uh, you were talking about some pending professional possibilities, so tell us the latest.
0: Well, the latest with that project, which is the intersection of Lincoln and Parks, uh, first of all, I directed that project at what is known as the Palm Beach Institute, in South Florida, which you and I have talked about before, Mm -hmm. well, the show is going to go to the Rinker Playhouse, which is one of their, I think, about 299-seat theaters in the Kravis Center, and there are several theaters there, and the Rinker is one of the better-known ones, and uh, we will be in that theater uh, the week of the 25th of February, 2022 now in the early uh fall late august early september we will be billboarded in their big shiny brochure and we're all excited about that because that means that everybody will know about it they released those big programs to their donors at the end of August, and as soon as they do that, then they send them out to those of us who are in the program to uh, perform. So yay for us. It's a very, very exciting part of the uh, of the, the schedule.
1: Absolutely. And great news to start our show with today. It's just astounding how, I shouldn't say astounding because that sounds like I'm surprised. I'm not at all surprised that the Kravis has taken such a love to you and all your work as performer and director as they should you know I mean uh, for everybody I'm just telling you uh, Avery Summers is a big deal down there (laughs) I'd say the biggest deal because um, the Maltz Jupiter Theater is having a new uh, what shall I call it renovation a new opening it's sometime in the next year I'm sure and in the meantime they have been Working uh, toward this goal and, and, you know, all the things that go with it, fundraising, et cetera, and their board of directors has decided to add a new member. I wonder if you could tell us anything about that, Avery.
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, they've actually decided to add three new members, and I am one of the new members, and uh, I got an invitation from a fellow by the name of Andrew Cato, he is a force to be reckoned with. When he says that there is something brewing or we want to do something here at the Maltz, just put your money on it because it's going to be done. And he invited me to a meeting in early June and proposed that I join the board of directors. There was a series of meetings with board members and chairman of the board and just conversations that we all sort of have a mutual admiration society going on. It's really wonderful. And so last Saturday, I officially became a member of the board. And it's quite a big deal here in South Florida. For those of you out there who do not know of the Maltz Theater, it is one of the premier destinations for performers in every genre, dance and theater and singing and voice and just every area that a performer can want to be involved in. So they asked me to be a part of it. Now, being on the board does not mean that I am casting anything, a show of any kind, or am um, will I be asked to do a show because that will become a conflict of interest? So I will be a board member. Hopefully, get involved in the policy making of the theater, but uh, that that is where my involvement will end. And, and the reason I brought that up, Marcello, is that people um, that I know. Over this last week or so, have called and sent emails saying, "Okay, when are you going to put me on a show? When, we can, <laughs> when can we do a show?" And unfortunately, and seriously, unfortunately, yes. I do not have anything to do with any of that.
1: Well, I'm, you know, and I know that because, well, we, we we're in the business and we know, but. It it is, I'm so glad you mentioned that, and, and to all your friends and all the people who are hearing this show, being a board member, board of the directors, uh, in a theater this size, and its location, and its mission being I renewed, know. and you know, all, all that's going on, I mean, it's, it's just on fire at this point, and as you say, Andrew Cato is a force to be reckoned with, and, and a very positive one, this will be... Uh, this will be quite a a, a full time commitment, uh, and if maybe not time commitment, it will be a full time focus. Adding another tremendous hat to your closet of hats. <laughs> what do you think?
0: <laughs> I, I, I do have quite a closet of hats. Thank you. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> and you know uh, quite honestly it will uh, require quite a lot of time uh, a time commitment because there are we are already on the schedule for board meetings every month every month at a certain day certain hour six seven eight months in advance so that's really great the reason is that there are as i think i may have said 20 members on the board and at this point no one is meeting in person as you may uh, guess and so trying to round up 20 people is daunting it's mm-hmm. a huge task, and so uh, I, it's on my schedule, but I'm also now on the board of a, an organization called the, well, it's the Palm Beach Institute, so that's one of uh, the Carbonell's, which is the next biggest thing here in South Florida, which is a an awards ceremony that is very much like the Tony Awards mm-hmm. in New York. Yes. So that requires a lot of board meetings, and so I now, trying to find ways to actually become a, a, a person who can split her time and energy in many different ways in many different times.
2: Excellent. Good luck. Absol- Good
0: luck with that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, well, well, you've done that before. I mean, this is certainly, as far as being added to uh, two or three... Major board of directors, that certainly is, is a whole nother level for sure, a whole nother yes. ripple effect on your career. But you, I've seen you uh, juggle quite a few uh, things in your beautiful hats. <laughs> 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 Listen, I, uh, I wanted to ask you, I'm just curious, what, what is Andrew Cato's title there at the Jupiter? I don't know if he's the artistic director, the general manager, or the managing director, or, you know, as they used to do at the old Caldwell, Michael was all of those titles. And Andrew Cato certainly could handle all of those
0: titles. Well, I think you're right. I'm sorry to to interrupt you, but I think you're right. I think he's all of those because at one point, a couple of years ago, he was nominated for something like general manager or whatever, and he got that and was very excited about it. But he had also been the artistic director and, you know, several things. So I think you're right. I think he's he's uh, he's helming quite a lot of those different things.
1: I think that's a good thing. Will you be working with him directly, you think?
0: Yes, I think I will. He did say in our initial meeting that he would like for me to work with him because he says, quite obviously, Avery, I I don't know people in the community that you know. They don't know me. They may know the Maltz, but they don't know that I'm the face of the Maltz. Excellent. So it would be really nice if uh, there are projects, if there are things that uh, I can invite you to be a part of, and then the community will see you and realize that I am the person that they may not know.
1: truth is, when you arrive, Avery, and and with whom you arrive, that person is immediately identified as someone who is important in the performing arts, certainly in South Florida, no question about it so um well, he,
0: that's very kind of you, thank you well, thank you
1: I think that's why he's also um saying, "Please come along with me." you know he is very much the power behind the scenes and has not from what i have my experience with him isn't as isn't as uh direct but i, I know people who know him and and have known him and i I think you know he's one of those guys frankly as I was with it now that I think about it in Fort Lauderdale a small theater I was hired to sort of bring it back to life and I wasn't out in the public so much I was too busy doing what we had to do and I think that's uh-huh. probably what the kind of leader he has been is to build things from within and now he needs yeah he needs to get out and and let the public recognize him and you are the perfect entree to that so there oh. Well-
0: that's wonderful. Thank you. I, I'm very excited about, you know, the possibilities and all of the things that we can create in the in the board meetings, the ideas that we will be able to bring to the board and hopefully those, those things will be voted on. But, you know, Andrew has been a part of the Tonys for many years. He's been one of the producing partners of the Tonys in New York. Oh, so, yes, yes. Uh, Yes, and so he's he does know, I mean, he certainly knows how to make that all happen, and, uh, and he's very smart about being able to delegate authority. That's something that a lot of people are not smart about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you and I both know that. Yes. Um, we both have, have I, at least I know that I have dealt with people with projects and they, they they have a great idea, they want to do something with it, but they're afraid to turn it loose and let people help them. Mm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: So the project fails. Yes, yes. You know, so that that is something that he has learned to do. I don't know that he did not always know that, but he certainly knows now that it's a very important thing to be able to delegate authority and let the people do the things that you've asked them to do. So that, again, makes me very happy to be on that board.
2: Excellent.
1: That's how I know mostly about him, his connection with the Tonys, um, Mm -hmm. and and people who've worked with him in in that capacity, some of my acquaintances, at least, maybe not close friends I I haven't seen in a while, but still, that's how his reputation reaches me, let's put it that way. And I'm so glad that the two of you have connected in South Florida, and it's bound to be as always, for you and me, and obviously for Andrew, there's a direct connection between South Florida and New York City. For whatever reason, we welcome and embrace it, right?
0: <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> very, very much so. But, you know, Andrew and I go back even further. Oh. Um, when I worked with Burt Reynolds at his theater several years ago, several years ago, <laughs> make that in all capital letters, yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew was always at the theater, and I thought that he was one of the apprentices. So when I met him officially, I said, "Oh my gosh, uh, you're still here this season too?" And he said, "Yes, I am." I said, "Well, good. You're a great apprentice." He said, "Oh, I'm not an apprentice. I'm a bartender, <laughs> but I want to be an apprentice."
1: <laughs> good for him. Good for him. Wow. Uh, he
0: said, and I, I, I always help, you know, hung around, and finally, I had the opportunity. To do a scene on the stage, and Mr. Reynolds said to me, "What are you doing? Well, where are you? Where do you come from?" He said, "Well, I'm one of the bartenders here. He will quit that. Become an actor, <laughs> you know." So, but he he met him when he was a bartender, and that's when I met him.
1: Well, this is great. This is great. Everything that we're hearing here, and I I know you jumped right in about the Kravis and the intersection of Lincoln and Parks, but. Uh, Tell us more about your plans. Uh, How are they being affected, if they are being affected by the Delta variant, uh, how are they being affected and are the plans to make the film version of the intersection of Lincoln and Park still on and update us on that?
0: All right. Uh, The plans are still on. As a matter of fact, I talked with Donna. She's the uh, managing director at the theater of Palm Beach Institute and uh, this morning. We are in need of a a bus, a real bus, to do some of the major filming on it. And we thought that we had one. And with the Kravis, uh, we thought we had a bus. We had been given dates to actually do it. And then they, the, um, the school system said, no, 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 we've got to use this, and we cannot do that, and we've got to start with the school pretty soon. The kids are going into brick and mortar this year, so the buses have to be sanitized. A lot of things came up in the interim, and it prevented us from using that uh, bus that we were going to use. So... Friends stepped in and said, oh, I bought a bus. I actually bought a bus and I want to convert it to an RV. So it's gutted. But if you can use that, please, by all means, come look at it. Find out if it's something that you can use and uh, we'll move forward. So today Donna went to look at the bus and hopefully it will be usable. And if so, then we will shoot this coming Friday and Saturday, the interior of the bus.
1: All right. Well, that's moving along. I hope that all works. And, of course, Donna being playwright.
0: Yes, she's the playwright. playwright. And I am the director. Bye. And uh, we have our director of photography. Uh, his name is Emmanuel Gonzalez. And he's a wonderful young man who teaches at university in Boca. you know, the FAU. Yes. So, he is also on a time frame now, because school will restart very soon. When we originally thought about this idea, it, we had a few weeks, but you know, these weeks are ticking by, and mm. then school will start. So that's where things are. We're hoping that we can get those scenes on the bus this weekend, and then we can let that part of it go, and then go back to shooting interiors.
1: Excellent. All right, then. We're going to take a short break. We are having a marvelous conversation of updates of all kinds of beautiful, wonderful, artistic, professional things going on with our dear friend, Avery Summers, for Broadway, television, and film. We will be right back. Stay with us. It's going to get even more exciting. Stay with us. And now, Broadway's Avery Summers.
0: the
2: wine
0: come here the band
2: come blow your horns
1: Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, and our guest today, my Broadway television and film friend, actor Avery Summers. And you know, Avery, we talked about, well, we talked about in the last segment, uh, uh, the intersection of uh, Lincoln and Parks, which will be intersecting in both the Kravis and in a new film version, which is excellent and beautiful. And I just wonder, and, and of course, talking about Andrew Cato is always fun, catching up on um, how our paths have crossed yours with him, as well as my more indirect, but at least I do know a great deal about how incredibly good he is at what he does. Seriously, the thought of the two of you together working, that is really dynamite. That is going to be so great for everyone who falls within that circle that you're going to create. It's marvelous. Speaking of which, I mean, I know it's the Maltz uh, Jupiter Theater, so obviously it's in Jupiter, but they are within the next year or so, we think, are going to open a whole new facility. Is that the plan?
0: From what I understand, uh, there are plans to have a big grand reopening and it was going to be in October of this year but as you know and I'm sure many of your listeners know that there have been slowdowns on all sorts of working parts that go into building Mm. lots of parts that people cannot get right now nails and hammers and I, just every um, it's amazing how many things people cannot get I, I heard that even for computer parts you can't get things and so there's been a bit of a slowdown so I don't think it's going to be October of this year but probably just as quickly as possible when everything can be shipped and used and you know everything can be recreated then it will open I don't have a date for that I'm certain that most people want it to be sooner than later, but, uh, you know, it's going to take whatever time it's going to take.
1: Exactly. Speaking Mm -hmm. of time, switching again, because you do and work in so many venues, back to Mm -hmm. The Kravis. I know Lee Bell is retired now and certainly was a good friend of yours for years and the programmer at The Kravis. How have you heard from him lately? How's he doing? And uh, does he still have his finger in the pie, so to speak?
0: Yes, absolutely, he does. Lee and I spoke last week. I think it was last Monday, so it was a week ago today. He is no longer there as the senior programmer for the Kravis, uh, but he will be consulting there for at least another year. They've got their season programmed, so that's all done. He was thrilled about that. He is going to his hometown, which is Charlotte.
2: Okay. So he's
0: thrilled. You know, he was a musician. I don't know if you knew that, but he has always played He played guitar and he, you know, played horns and, and different things. So that's how I met him. I met him through Betty and they used to talk about his music all of the time. And so he is very excited to go back to that and sort of get a grip on his own life now because he's programmed so many people at the Kravis for over 27 years going on 28 years wow. and now he can think about his own life and what he wants to do by the way he has uh, an apartment uh, in new york that was given to him by a very dear friend whose life he actually helped to sort of take care of her life at the end of her life mm. in the last year so she gave him this apartment
1: in New York. Not bad, uh, you know. Not bad. Not bad. Not oh, bad yes. you know? Well, you know, you mentioned Betty, and I—I I wondered uh, when I was prepping for the show. I thought to myself, you know, I've never really asked a lot about your personal life, and I think it's only because that I know a lot of it. But I'm going to ask because I'm, I'm sure that our listeners have always sort of wondered, okay, she's, she's great on stage and TV and film, and, but tell us about her as a person. And let's talk about the personal life. And you mentioned Betty, and of course, uh, we have mentioned that in many shows because that's how I met you. Betty was your older sister and, uh, and as well an incredible actor that I had the great pleasure of directing. And that's a whole story in itself. Tell us about growing up. Tell us about your siblings, and uh, how many, and how are you doing, and all that?
0: Well, I'm the last of four, and now I am the last. Everyone has uh, made their transition. They've moved on, and uh, Betty was first. My oldest sister, our oldest sister, passed away in 2019. I lived with her for... Oh, let's see, the last three years of her life. Uh, I had lived with her on and off for many times when I would come back to South Florida after my parents passed away. I would live with my sister, and Betty was still living, and so was my brother. Uh, and uh, so, but May, my oldest sister, passed away in August of 2019. So I decided that uh, I would still live in her home. Uh, all of the the initial part of the pandemic, so early twenty twenty, I was there with one of her twin grandsons. He and I lived in the house, and uh, just I must tell you, these twins are they are like um marmalade i just <laughs> i could just eat them up they are just so. Wonderful. They are 29 years old now. They came to live with us when they were 14. Wow. So that's how much time has passed, and they've gone on to become just great young men in their fields. One is with uh, New York Life Insurance, and the other is with Keller Williams, which is one of the big real estate. Uh, companies here in oh, South yeah. Florida, I guess, around the world.
1: Yes, yes, they're everywhere. They really are.
0: Yes, yes, and so he's doing very well with that. But my brother also passed away just recently. He had been ill for quite a while. He has a daughter and son here in South Florida, and so I've got her and her son. And it, I've got uh, these great nieces and nephews and, and great you know, now I am a great aunt, you know, and a great grand aunt. Now we have a six month old baby in the family and it's a girl. And we've always had a lot of boys in the, in the grandkid area. So this little girl is truthfully a princess.
2: (laughs) She just,
0: she knows it. And she is gorgeous and I'm telling you she is spoiled already and who cares.
2: <laughs>
1: well I was gonna say, well, that's not her fault, you know.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so she oh, she's gosh. what,
1: six months only?
0: Yes, she just turned six months on Friday. Wow! And and now you know she's finding her voice. And yesterday I told her grandfather, who is the father of the twins, Mm. he's an amazing musician, and I said she's going to be an alto like me. We're going to push for the alto.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, does she recognize you yet? I mean, how does she respond when you visit? I'm sure you're there as much as possible.
0: Well you know it's very interesting because I do look like my nephew and so and my voice is is pretty much his voice. So she did at first she would look at me and and I think she was thinking I think I know that face but I'm not really sure but maybe she looks like my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I write that dialogue for her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, she recognizes me now. Yesterday we were together. We had a little birthday celebration for her for six months, and she was passed around amongst all of us. And <laughs> She doesn't cry. She just enjoys it. And uh, yes, she's she's beginning to recognize she can almost um, stand lonely, and she is very, very strong. So she's got a strong constitution. Mm. She's going to be quite a young lady.
1: Okay. How do you know with... the a... So many things have happened to families and, and friends too, of course, but families in particular, you know, with the pandemic, people couldn't see one another. I mean, I have very dear friends whose grown children and and then their grandchildren are uh, just flung all over, including Germany and Midwest America. And, and here they are on the East Coast. And it's been extremely difficult for them. And I'm sure it was for you and people you know as well and your family. How is it now not only that we we hopefully we are able to get back together um, um, at least more than we were in the last year. But how does a, a new child add to that joy? How, how does that impact family relationships? What, what, tell us.
0: It's, it, it does have its difficulties, I must say. We try to keep our gatherings to just the people that we've seen all along through 2020. Hmm. As I said, one of the twins lived in the house with me, so we were always together. But his twin brother Hmm. lived in Miami, and it was a whole nother dynamic down there. As you know, we've talked about that with the pandemic, with mask wearing, without mask wearing, with all of the issues and things like that. So we didn't see Anthony, who lived in Miami. Sean and I lived together. But when we would get together, it was always with my nephew, Sean's father, and his wife, and with the father of the baby. Mm -hmm. Those were the only people that we saw in person all this past year, these these months now. Everything else was done on Zoom, oh, everything else was done on Zoom. It was pretty sad because they were in Miami and here we are in West Palm Beach only an hour away but it didn't matter, we couldn't do it. Yeah, Not and be safe, you know. And so a few other things have happened now, a few, but I must say that uh, for me, Marcello, I wear my mask every day, yes. all the time, inside or outside, I don't care. There've been mandates here in South Florida with our governor and the kids are going back to brick and mortar, those that, whose parents will allow that, wearing masks, to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, to get an, uh, a shot or not to get a shot, the injection. And, and there've been all sorts of points of view and, and all of that, but personally, I wear my mask because I just need to be as safe as possible. I sing, so my, I told my students, even way back when we started, my lungs are my money yes (laughs) yes (laughs) i've got to protect my lungs and my voice and everything but seriously people here i I believe are in tune with what they want to do there are very few people without a mask very few when i'm out very few people so they are adhering to wanting to stay safe
1: yes i'm back and forth you know in washington dc etc and uh It has been a mixed bag. I always, like you, I always wear my mask when I'm out. I do, and and you know, and I've said this before, I've been fortunate in that doing so much radio and so much writing lately was easy to work out of home because that's where I would have worked even if there had not been a pandemic. Not every place I go do people have masks, but I always do. And so do the people I have to say in banks and doctors and business people that I have to meet they're all masked, but uh, the general public, uh, well, not always. A lot are, but not always. We've had a tremendous conversation, a lot of wonderful things. The new grand-niece and the new home, I know where you are, you're loving, and uh, all the new uh-huh. and ongoing things. The Kravis and, and, of course, for the intersection of Lincoln and Parks is uh, right up there. Oh, you also have a upcoming solo performance. Tell us about that. Who, for, and why, and what's going on?
0: Yes, I do have a solo performance coming up. It's on the 12th of August, and it's for the Palm Beach County Cultural Council. They have a two-day seminar that they are doing about diversity and inclusion, and I was asked by the concierge for the council to please sing for the second day opening at the convention center here in downtown West Palm Beach. It's wonderful. I'm thrilled about it. The other thrilling thing is that it's nine o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And I wanted to have a live performance, meaning my Musician to play for me and all of that, but he flatly refused because he has to come from Miami to be there at eight o'clock to set up. And he said because <laughs> they don't have a they don't have a piano, so they wanted him to bring his keyboard. And he said, "I love you, Avery, but I'm not going to get up at six o'clock in the morning to come up to West Palm, which can be an hour and a half to almost two hours depending on traffic that time of that morning. time of morning." You yes. might remember. Oh yes. So he said, I will do an MP3 for you. You can sing to battle. I said, I really am thrilled about uh, that opportunity to work with the Cultural Council.
1: Oh, yes. And th- I mean, you've recorded MP3s with him in his studio before for the cabarets, right? New York? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, yes. I
1: remember yes. that. All right. I guess we should run. I know you are running for sure because uh, there's so much on your plate these days and I'm wishing you all the best with all of it so let's before we go let's remind people how do we get Avery Summers to come sing for us where do we find out social media website tell us
0: yes social media is is the better thing I have had A website over the years that has not been maintained, so I don't give out that information anymore. But I can always be reached on Facebook if people have Facebook, or people out there if you want to get in touch with Marcello. He knows how to reach me.
1: That's true, absolutely.
0: (laughs) So by all means, if there is someone who wants to bring me somewhere close, and uh, you know I wear a mask, I've got my injections, I'm good to go. I'm ready to shake and rock and roll and travel.
1: Absolutely. Okay, I like that. You can reach out to me on Facebook, too. I know where she
0: lives. (laughs) Uh,
1: But also, you can also write in, as in I-N, the director's seat, without the apostrophe, of course, at gmail.com. And that will come directly to an account that I check every day. But by all means, uh, look for Avery Summers on Facebook. She's always there and always posting these marvelous things that are going on in her life, both professionally and personally. She's just incredible, incredible. All right, Avery, any parting words for us you want us to remember before you dash out the door?
0: (laughs) Well, I just want to thank you very much, Marcello, for being who you are and for allowing me and others who you interview on a regular basis to have a voice I love the reasonable voice I love you and I just applaud you for constantly having everyone understand where we are in this political time and in our personal lives and thank you for asking me about my personal life today
1: well I almost got through a show with you without being emotional Thank you. <laughs> oh, my dear, I love you so much. You know that. As I've always said, you, you, all you have to do is pick up the phone. I'll be there in a second. And uh, of course, your your uh, your lovely, wonderful choice of an outro. And so it is. Give it to us.
0: And so it is.
1: Avery Summers. Thank you so much, Avery. God bless. Okay. Enjoy. All, right. all of it. Bye now. Thank you. Bye bye. And now, my friend, Broadway's Avery Summers. Maybe this time I'll be lucky
2: Maybe this time He'll stay Maybe this time For the first time
1: I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Who are we really? What we have in common or what we don't? Are we proof of American exceptionalism or worn down by corporatism's commercialized opinion-making zombies? Have we settled for being manipulated by moneyed motivators maneuvering us like chessboard pieces to maintain their kingship status quo depleting our income. 248 years after our Boston Tea Party, are the 20% of new America's loyalists to King George III reincarnated in the 40% of Americans loyal to the new Trumped GOP? Or are there more 2022 conservatives like Liz Cheney rather than Joe Manchin? We can hold accountable the pawns of illegitimate power violently attempting the 6th January 2021 coup, by the way, reminiscent of the business plot attempt by wealthy bankers and businessmen to replace our 32nd president with a dictator. Or we can defy what is past is prologue by following the money financing the treasonous provocateurs on air, online, and in government. Did we not learn from Bismarck and Germany's aristocracy that only a free people in a free society can control an out-of-control, single-minded, morally deficient dictator convinced the repetition of a big lie would grant him power over all the people all of the time, wrapped in a flag and or brandishing a Bible to incite foot soldiers to destroy a democratic republic unless, as Franklin challenged if we can keep it with our votes. We can favor opposites, defend opposing opinions, and still join forces for the greater good, or continue to be manipulated by both Wall Street and K Street, contorting truth to blind us to what we share in common. Are we the personification of brotherly love, or the brutes of border bias?" We can either work toward our exceptional dream of a more perfect union or settle for living in denial of what our over-consuming self-indulgence for instant gratification has wrought on our children and planet. Are we, for family's sake, vaccinated, maintaining safe distances, and masked, or, trumped by hypocrites, foolhardily offering a digit gesticulation to common sense? We can continue to be a nation addicted to adding E.S.T. to the end of as many words as possible, thinking it boosts our American prowess, or we can admit and accept we're not the best nor even the brightest when embracing empire-building while relegating less fortunate nations to America-first vulgarities." Which choice should we make to best transport our holiday spirit of giving into 2022, loving our neighbors as ourselves, or worshipping political demagogues? We can personify justice for all, or be imbibed with justice denied. Is our belief in ourselves contingent upon President John F. Kennedy and his son returning alive at the site of his November 22, 1963 assassination to anoint a delusional ex-president? Or is our faith placed in preserving the institutional senatorial power now finally favoring Americans knowing what and who were behind the attempted coup of the United States of America, albeit 11 months after the fact? while still too busy to face his tornado-ravaged constituents. Do we still emulate Abraham, Martin, John, and Bobby, asking what we can do for our country, or do we violently attack the congressional certification of the will of we the people? We can be real or fake, honest or foxy, patriots or bigots, We can claim we love God and country, but unless we love all living here of every hue as we love ourselves, it will be the greatest lie we utter about the Big Lie Liar. We can vote for a Republican Party which no longer embraces the Emancipation Proclamation nor reflects the united in United States of America, or we can melt down 1920 status symbols memorializing legal racism and propel our neglected union's harmonious spirit into every fiber of our being throughout the coming year. We can continue believing the lie that all Americans were born into equal opportunity, equal justice for all, and equal potential for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Or we can wake up, admit not only is the proverbial level playing field non-existent, but for more than 43% of Americans, the goalposts continue to move out of sight. We can even be a Democratic representative, updating Reagan's repulsive welfare queen political exploitation, or see ourselves renewed in Americans who nominated our 46th president. We can continue thinking mental health is the stepchild of physical health care, or we can insist health insurance providers and governors join the 21st century. We can educate ourselves with half-truths, or all who were born here can choose to learn why so many are dying to live here. Are we a people for whom a sad shake of the head is sufficient response to domestic terrorism, gun violence, and 800,000 COVID deaths? Or shall we carefully reread our Bill of Rights until we comprehend what it guarantees and what it does not. Only we, the people, can decide whether America is to be or not to be, for that is the question we must answer. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.